It is Encounter with God time here on The Breakfast Show. We're about to get into our Bible study. Before we do, we have some text messages to get through. And we've just been having a very interesting conversation off air, just going over that amazing research that Dr. Paul Wood was sharing with us and just comparing it with you know the information that we have and our uh, personal experiences. Of course, uh, Darren's had the jab. I haven't had the jab, so we're sort of somewhere Very in between notes. the two and comparing <laughs> notes. Now, one of the things, just to, just to recap a little bit, and somebody asked us to do a bit of a recap, and, and uh, the, the, the interesting thing was that the research was saying that people on a plant-based diet more or less have a 73% uh, lower chance of landing in hospital with COVID. That's, that's pretty good. Which is pretty good. I'll take that. Um, compares <laughs> to the vaccine, which is in the mid to high 80s, depending on which one you have. I think, uh, uh, Darren, you had the Pfizer one. I've had the Pfizer. I'm about 85, 86, 87, somewhere in that point. Yep. I should be yep. reaching my top immunity around about now. Okay. <laughs> so 10 days after the second dose, was it, that you reached peak immunity? Yep, which I'm quite happy about because now that I'm in lockdown and, and um, I had a scare yesterday, as I said, with um, someone close to me working at Morissette, my wife, um, there was a case there, so yes. it was a bit scary, and um, oh, this is close to home now, so I'm glad tested. that right on that day I'm reaching my full immunity. <laughs> full immunity. <laughs> but then the thing that fascinated me the most was they what was how Paul was saying that there was a scale based on your diet, the higher your diet is in fruit and veg, the more immune response you will actually get to the vaccine. Well, so the more I, effective I'm, I'm the loving vaccine. that. I'm loving that. Because you live off your orchard. You've got like an orchard and, and, and you live out there, just go stand in your orchard and have meals. For me, the greatest happiness I get in life each day is to find some time to go into my yard. And right now the mandarins are so sweet with um, the frost we've had. Oh. And, and pick a I blood orange or a mandarin, it. peel it and eat it and just say, life is good. I'm jealous. He tells me this. Darren waits until lockdown to tell me that he's got all of this fruit right in his backyard. You all see how this works, right? I should have brought you some. And lemonade, <laughs> lemonade right now. You can just pick a lemonade and peel it oh, and eat the lemonade. My mouth is watering. I'll bring you some, Shell. <laughs> Shell's there. It's her birthday today. It's Shell's yes, birthday today. I'll Make bring sure you some you, lemonades uh, for your birthday. Make sure you send her a message and wish her a happy birthday today. Um, our number is 0491064669. So I, I think you're probably at the at the peak of the peak there, Darren. I don't think you've got anything to worry about. Um, however, we do have uh, some text messages we should get to. So let's see here. Let me see. Da, 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 da. Okay, going back to the uh, story in relationship to Brian Houston. Yes. And this person says, can you imagine how many millions of children worldwide are suffering sexual abuse in the majority, and, and the majority will never see justice until the return of Christ? Yes, but on only 1% of cases make it to court and find any form of justice if they do get justice. So Yeah, how many percent how many, what what percentage of them once they make it to court actually get justice? Again, it's only about one percent of those that actually get justice. Um so yeah, you don't find justice really um from this. It it is a lifelong sentence for the victims and um yeah, it, it's just tragic that it occurs in the first place. So I think we do do all we can to to stop this happening in the first place. Absolutely this is this is this is a bigger virus than COVID. Oh, it's huge. It's huge. It's a, it's a more deadly virus than COVID. It's something that scares me more than COVID. I mean, I'm not downplaying COVID, Dick, don't get me wrong, but this is just absolutely horrendous. This one makes my blood boil. 
And, and most of the victims suffer in silence. So it takes, it takes a woman seven to ten years and a, and a bloke 20 years, if at all. So a lot of people to will never, forward. ever come forward and report it. A lot of them just stay silent and suffer in silence. And, and I've sat in the gutter with some of these victims and it's just tragic to hear what's happened to their life. It, it affects their health. It affects their psychology. It affects their, um, their relationships. It affects all aspects, spirituality. It affects every aspect of their life. And it's just tragic to listen to their story and to be able to sit there and listen and at least put an arm around them and say, I believe you. That's the thing yes. you say is, I believe you. That is number one you'd say to these victims. So, so yeah, yeah. Yeah, I remember when I was in school, you know, kids talking about being abused and just sort of like looking at them like, what are you even talking about? I never knew what it was. And, 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 and these days, you know, if we heard something like that, it would be like go straight to the police and, and have these kids' parents locked up or, you know, siblings locked up or whatever it might have been in, you know, in, the, in that particular circumstance. But, you know, this is, this is really, truly horrific stuff. Okay, so here comes a long text message. Over the last 18 months of COVID-19, I spent researching both sides of the issue over 600 hours no matter wow. what side you are in, the eight rules of health is the best way to keep yourself safe. I love it. Uh, eight rules of health, you know, uh, uh, good diet, water, sunshine, exercise, fresh air, trust in God, you know, all of the temperance. Not just COVID, but cancers, all sorts of lifestyle diseases. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, the health of the, your immune system is imperative for this. All the reports I have read, including the World Health Organization, reports say that 99.7% of people who have COVID will survive it and the majority don't even know they have it. The truth always comes out sooner or later. We will just have to wait. Um, <clears throat> then somebody says here, unlike Darren Lyle, a friend of mine gave me a couple of bags of oranges, lemons and grapefruit. Nothing like fresh juice. <laughs> <laughs> Darren's got to do a bit of catch up here. Oh, in I will the bring studio. some into the studio. Plenty of. I'll bring a variety of citrus into the studio next week. Ah, oh, just amazing, <laughs> just amazing. This is the wonderful part about living in this part of New South Wales is the citrus we have available. Where I grew up in Tasmania, it was um, it was all small fruit and stone fruit, so plums and peaches. Uh, berries of every different kind. You just tell me about what your dad used to get you do when you came home from school. What did, what did your dad do? So my, my dad, you know, his, his version of feeding us dinner was uh, we'd get home from school, he would take a bowl and a spoon, he'd put a dollop of ice cream in it, <laughs> and he said go down to the orchard and have dinner. So, so that was, you that was, literally that was, went and did hunting and so gathering. We were hunters and gatherers. We would, we, we would add, to, that, to that dollop of ice cream, you would add raspberries, boysenberries, loganberries, blackberries, gooseberries, just, you know, strawberries. Uh, we had 14 different kinds of those uh, currants, red currants, black currants, white currants, white raspberries, gooseberries, three different cape gooseberries, you name it. Mulberries, they all went in there on top of that ice cream. Yum. And then once that was once that was gone, once that was gone, then you know you had green gauge plums and golden gauge oh. plums and blood plums and satsumas. Yum. And then you had like all the different kinds of peaches. I can't even remember their names. We had apples. I love that pears. yellow peach. Queens, I think it's called Queens peach. Is a yellow? It's a yellow fleshed peach. We had a yellow fleshed one. I remember it had uh, very tight skin and a very dark yellow flesh and a very strong flavour. Beautiful. It was just amazing. Yep. We had another peach I remember had a white flesh and was very soft and had a very watery flavour, 
But I love them both. They're just amazing. Obviously, no fruit fly in Tasmania. Praise God. May, may <laughs> blessings continue to flow to Tasmania for not having fruit fly. Yeah, but no, um, that was for you, that was free-range parenting. That was getting outside in your backyard for exercise. That was eating healthy. All those things, which research saying today is the best way to bring your kids up. There you go. There you go. So we, I, 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 and I think you know, a lot of us. Now you grew up, uh, what western, northwestern, Mildura, Victoria, Mildura, Victoria. Yep. Yeah, so northern Victoria, northern right on Victoria. the border between New South Wales and not far from South Australia. So what was the produce that you were growing out there? I think that's a grape area, isn't it? It's grapes and citrus mainly. Um, there you go. But my dad, similar to you, he had a big veggie patch, like a huge veggie patch. He gave away to neighbours all the time, um, come and help yourself. He'll say to us, you can snack on anything you want out of the garden. So snow peas and peas and broad beans and all those sorts of things. We could just go and pick what we wanted and snack on those. And that was our, that was our <laughs> snacks. <laughs> We've lost a lot of that culture in our world today. When I was a kid growing up, most of my friends, their parents had a veggie patch of some description and a few fruit, fruit trees. We were kind of, we had a hundred fruit trees, so we were we were out there. You know, we were we were we were going hard with it. I have forty five, forty five. Yeah, on my, on my three quarters of an I'm, acre. Forty five <laughs> on three quarters. Of, that's just, oh, I'm just, just disgustingly jealous right now. Um, but yeah, it is it is just the best. It is it's the best. The big thing to me is that my persimmons are 110-year-old trees planted by one of our Adventist pioneers, S.N. Haskell. So I treasure those trees. They're still bearing, and they're really soft. You've got to let them go soft and really juicy persimmons. So every year I thank S.N. Haskell for having the vision to plant these persimmon so trees. That, so that Darren Pratt could enjoy it all these years later. <laughs> We're working through the story of Joseph this week and what a hero this guy is. Uh, Genesis chapter thirty nine is where we're going to start off, and you know you have stories like we did earlier in the in the show about you know say for instance Frank Houston and somebody like that who fell to temptation. Here we've got a guy who is being absolutely bombarded by a tempt temptress. That's right. It's an interesting story because it's just like Joseph gets one thing after another thrown at him right from almost day one, and it's, it keeps it, it keeps getting back up again. And he comes <laughs> from such terribly, terribly dysfunctional parents, siblings, grandparents, great-grandparents. There's just a, a litany of disaster, and yet he seems to stand firm in the middle of all of it. You look at Joseph's family and say, well, my family wasn't really that bad. Yeah, that's <laughs> right, that's he's right. Gone through. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> but, yeah. And, and, and you look at a story like, say, for instance, Frank Houston, who um, abused a child, and in, in, in this particular case, it's, it's, you know, we wouldn't typically think of a child as being uh, incredibly sexualized and chasing after older adults. That's right. We look at children as being a victim. In this case, we've got a young man at the peak of his uh, testosterone levels. Um, so, you know, those hormones are just running high in his body. And you've got a highly sexualized woman who is chasing him on a daily basis unrelentingly. And you know that in a in a situation like this where he's obviously working in the home, he has uh, a lot of opportunity to be alone with this woman, that there would the, the pressure would be enormous, huge, huge. The, the temptation. I I sort of you know I look at that situation myself as you know a, a red blooded male, and I think 
that would be very, very, particularly when you're a slave, you're on the other side of the world, the equivalent thereof in those days, you have you know, no contact with, uh, say, for instance, your parents or whatever that may have been there to instill in you good morals, not that his parents were had great morals. His father had four wives. Um, <laughs> so it just... It is one of those truly remarkable stories of faith and courage and reveals the power of God to be able to give victory over over temptation. We're going to read about it. Uh, Darren, why don't you read for us Genesis chapter 39. Uh, let's pick up the story in verse 11. 39 verse 11. This is what it says. Just writing it here. Verse 11. Yeah, it says one day. However, no one else was around when he went in to do his work. She came and grabbed him by his cloak, demanding, Come on, sleep with me. Joseph tore himself away, but he left his cloak in her hands as he ran from the house. When she saw that she was holding his cloak and he had fled, she called out to her servants. Soon all the men came running. Look, she said, My husband has brought this Hebrew slave here to make fools of us. He came into my room to rape me, but I screamed. When he heard me scream, he ran outside and got away, but he left his cloak behind with me. She kept the cloak with her until her husband came home. Then she told him her story. That Hebrew slave you've brought into our house tried to come in and fool around with me, she said. But when I screamed, he ran outside, leaving his cloak with me. Wow. This is this is a pretty wild story that happens right here. I mean, she goes from being somebody who is completely infatuated with this guy to be ready to condemn him to death in a matter of seconds. Yeah, so like she says, well, sorry, I'm going to get you one way or another. So. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> it, it does strike me that this girl is a bit of a psycho. Oh, very much so. Yeah, you'd, you'd, you'd analyse her and you say some probably some narcissism there, yes, um, and amongst other things, <laughs> paranoia. We we don't know the full story, but to be able to flip from being infatuated to the point where you desperately, desperately want to bed this guy, yep, to within seconds, it's like you know that if you accuse him of rape, which is what she accuses him of. Yep. That that's the end of his life. He's going to be executed. That's that's a death sentence right there. Particularly when your husband is the captain of the royal guard, and you're a slave. He's he's an elite warrior. He is the head of the secret service for uh you know for for the the greatest empire in the world at that particular time. He had every right just to say right there and then to declare a death sentence and get rid of him, and now we'll never find the body again. That's right. You know. (laughs) For somebody with that level of power, they could probably execute a citizen on the street without being questioned. Especially a slave. But, yeah, but this yeah. guy's a slave. He's got no rights. He's got zero rights, none whatsoever at all. But so that- it also says, though, that Joseph, and this is the thing you keep looking at, Joseph keeps rising to the surface, and in his house, his master trusted him with everything because of an uprighteous person that he was. I think somewhere on that camel when Joseph was going from into slavery into Egypt, somewhere on that dusty road, he must have said, well, I'm I'm in trouble here and this, I'm going away from home. But I think he must have said, God, I'm going to trust you no matter what. Somewhere there, he must Absolutely. Have said, I'm going to trust you no matter what. And no matter what happens, my faith is in you. Because um, you look at what's happened now and most people say, well, that's it, my life's over. 
It, that's right. That's right. Most people would. And most people would look at that kind of a situation and say, well, you know, this, this girl is a beautiful girl and who will ever find out? Let's have a bit of an affair here yeah. and let's enjoy life while we can because I'm going to have a short, miserable life as a slave, so I might as well get what pleasures I can get. Yep. Well, yeah, your red-blooded Aussie male probably would. Um, but I learned this in my life with um, my ministry. I've always said when I, whenever I'm in a quest situation, run first Ask questions later. Deal with Joseph. <laughs> I like I yeah. like that. I like that policy. Run first, ask questions later. Yeah. Yeah. And that's exactly what uh, that's exactly what's going on here. In fact, we've got somebody just texting through here. Uh, it says that's what happens with unfulfilled lust. Mm. Loss mm. of control, anger and revenge. She had no love for this guy. She hadn't fallen in love with him. No, no. She just, just fallen in lust. It was just pure lust. There was no zero love whatsoever at all. And unfortunately, the world is full of that at the moment. And um, yeah, um, Joseph was in a very sticky situation, a very tempting situation, and he chose to run and leave his cloak behind and say, "Let's just sort out later on." And, and this is a, there's a warning here, I think, for anybody who's in a relationship, because Potiphar's wife is obviously very jealous. Very much. She's so. either going to have Joseph in her bed, or she's going to have Joseph dead. Yeah, that's that's the alternatives. You know, that's she's a, she's a psycho, and uh, and 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 when you if if you're in a relationship where there's jealousy, yeah, get, that's run. an just run, run, just yeah. run first, ask questions later. That's it, uh, because that's a relationship that could easily end up with you being dead. And wow. sadly, yeah. we see too much of that in Australia, where you have relationships where one of them one of the partners is jealous and the other partner ends up dead. Oh domestic violence, especially in the hunter here, is um is tragic at an all time high. Yeah. And um yeah, do a Joseph. Do if a you're Joseph. in a situation right now, do a Joseph. And because you know the Lord will be with you, you you'll go through some hard times. Joseph went through some hard times and, and you sort of think, well Joseph had given his life to God. Why did why didn't God, you know, just give him a free pass? Joseph doesn't get a free pass right here. He goes through from rough times and you might run from the environment that you are in right now, run from domestic violence or whatever it might be, and end up in a homeless shelter somewhere. But at least you But when you are there, remember that Joseph he ends up in jail. That's right. You're not in jail. You're in a homeless shelter. That's a lot better than being in jail. And you're at a point there where you can now begin to rebuild your life. That's right. And Joseph does. Let's uh, let's let's continue on reading. Where did, yeah. where, where did we get up to? Verse 19. So yeah. Potiphar was furious when he heard his wife's story about how Joseph had treated her. So he took Joseph and threw him into the prison where the king's prisoners were hurled. Okay, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> stop there for a moment. Stop there. What on earth is happening here? Why didn't Potiphar just come and you know cut his head off? This guy Potiphar is he, he's an elite warrior. He's obviously somebody who would have you know taken a lot of lives in hand to hand combat, as well as probably been the executioner for the king. Uh, so you know, taking human life would not be a difficult thing for him. And this guy's just raped his wife. Yeah, well, Why does he spare I, I, his life? I wonder if he knew his wife and said, there is an element of doubt here. <laughs> no, 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 no. I get that. You know, reading between the lines, and we have to read between the yeah, lines right yeah. here, and this is not in the Bible, but I'm just going to share my opinion right here. Joe, Potiphar's wife is a bit of a psycho. Very, and I think Potiphar, Potiphar was from knowing that. He knows this. <laughs> he knows this. But at the same time, what happens if he believes his slave over his wife. 
You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. Absolutely. Okay, we're, we're loving the, the level of interaction we're getting with all of you guys today. We've got a whole bunch of people that have been uh, texting through with uh, all kinds of messages right there. We've got to finish off this story. We're going to see what happens with Joseph. He gets thrown in jail. Uh, let's pick the story up. And what are we into, Chapter uh, 40 yet, are we? Not quite 40. We're at the end of Chapter 39. Okay, let's keep reading. So he's thrown into prison. Where are we? Um, but the Lord was with Joseph in the prison and showed him his faithful love. And the Lord made Joseph a favourite man with the prison warden. Before long, the warden put Joseph in charge of all the other prisoners and over everything that happened in the prison. The warden had no more worries because Joseph took care of everything. The Lord was with him and caused everything he did to succeed. It's amazing. You know, it's just like this guy gets slammed down to the... How many, how many times is he going to get hit rock bottom? And he keeps rising to the top. <laughs> and because he is faithful to God, he can't stay down there. And I think this is a really important lesson here in that, um, in that you know, if we, if we are faithful to God, it does not mean that bad things are not going to happen. He has some terrible things that happen to him. But because of his faithfulness, he is able to rise above those. It's not a bit like the book of Job where it says, yet will I trust him. Though he slay me, yet will I trust him. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. All right, so he's in the prison. So he's a slave, and he becomes the foreman of his own slave owner. Then he's in the prison, and now he's running the whole prison. He charged all the other prisoners. <laughs> it's like he just he just can't help himself. You know, he is dedicated to God, and God is going to use him. Okay, let's keep reading. So, chapter forty. Now, sometime mm-hmm. later, Pharaoh's chief cupbearer and chief baker offended their royal master. Pharaoh became angry with these two officials and he put them into the king's prison where Joseph was in the palace of the captain of the guard. They remained in prison for quite some time and the captain of the guard assigned them to Joseph who looked after them. While they were in prison, Pharaoh's cupbearer and baker each had a dream one night and each dream had its own meaning. When Joseph saw them the next morning, he noticed what they both, that both looked upset. Why do you both look so worried, he said. And they replied, we both had dreams last night, but no one can tell us what they mean. Interpreting dreams is God's business, Joseph replied. Go ahead and tell me your dreams. So the chief cupbearer told Joseph his dream first. In my dream, he said, I saw a grapevine in front of me. The vine had three branches that began to bud and blossom. As soon as it produced clusters of ripe grapes, I was holding Pharaoh's wine cup in my hand, so I took a cluster of grapes and squeezed the juice into the cup. Then I placed the cup in Pharaoh's hand. This is what the dream means, Joseph said. The three branches represent three days. Within three days, Pharaoh will lift you up and restore you to your position as his chief cupbearer. And please remember me and do me a favour when things go well for you. Mention me to Pharaoh so he might let me out of this place. For I was kidnapped from my homeland, the land of the Hebrews, and now I'm here in prison, but I did nothing to deserve it. When the chief baker saw that Joseph had given the first dream such a positive interpretation, he said to Joseph, I had a dream too. In my dream there were three baskets of white pastries stacked on my head. The top basket contained all kinds of pastries for Pharaoh, but the birds came and ate them from the basket on my head. This is what the dream means, Joseph said. Three days also represent three days. Three baskets means three days. Three days from now, Pharaoh will lift you up and impale your body on a pole. 
Then birds will come and peck away at your flesh. Pharaoh's birthday came three days later, and he prepared a banquet for all his officials and staff. He summoned his chief cupbearer and chief baker to join the other officials. He then restored the chief cupbearer to his former position so he could again hand at Pharaoh his cup. But Pharaoh impaled the chief baker, just as Joseph had predicted. Then he interpreted his dream. Pharaoh's chief cupbearer, however, forgot all about Joseph, never giving him another thought. Ooh, what a story. Has Pretty gory. <laughs> it's full on right here. And, of course, we don't, wouldn't you love to know the backstory? Oh, what, yeah. was, what was going on in that palace right there? That's you know, right. What, these guys, they've offended Pharaoh. What did they actually do? And how did one of them end up being restored you know, were they being held in detention? I kind of get the impression here that they were being held in detention while Pharaoh did some investigation. I'll say, my, my, this is the backstory I'm thinking. Okay. There was assassination attempts. Okay. Cup bearer, you, you are holding the cup. You look yes. after the cup, you protect it, and you, you only, you alone have it and give it to Pharaoh to drink. That's right. And it never leaves your possession. And also, um, the baker, you, again, you you're bake the bread food. that Pharaoh eats. You're thinking, you're thinking a poisoning attempt? One way or another, there was a, an, a poisoning attempt in the palace. These two have been thrown in jail while the investigation occurs. And when they find out who was the one who actually put the poison in the food, then he's the one who gets oh, impaled. Ouch. Okay, but the important thing, the important lesson here is if you keep reading through the story and we don't have time to finish it, is that eventually Pharaoh has a dream as well and then the cupbearer remembers Joseph. Years later. Years later. <laughs> And then Joseph comes out, interprets Pharaoh's dream as a result of that. He ends up as being Prime Minister of the whole of Egypt. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM, positively different. Right, let's go to question of the day. Darren, uh, what have the we got right there? The jingle question of the day. Oh, yes, let's, let's do it, let's do it. Question of the day. Yes, there you have it. Here we go. Can you guarantee that if we obey the Ten Commandments of God, we can go to heaven? Okay, this one has come through from uh, the end.digital. Uh, the answer is yes. Oh, if you, if, you obey, if you obey all of the Ten Commandments and you never break one, you're guaranteed to go to heaven. Really? Please explain. Here's the, here's the problem, though. Here's the problem. There's one small problem with that. You've already broken them. Too late. <laughs> oh, you had me. You got me. I'm starting to say Lyle. Darren was starting to break out in the cold sweat over here. He's like, Lyle's going to break some heresy Lyle's going to preach heresy in the studio. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but isn't it true if a person, if a human being was to live a life having never broken any of the Ten Commandments, then they have the right to go to heaven? Well, the Bible says here are those that has a testimony of Jesus and keep the Ten Commandments. Um, they're the ones that he presents as, as pure and faultless. The Bible also says all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. So, so if, a problem you, if, you, here. If, you, if you if you come to this and go, okay, all right, here's a solution. All I have to do is keep the commandments and I'm going to heaven. It's too late. That opportunity has passed. That opportunity passed very, very, very long time ago because the Bible says all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And because all have sinned and come short of the glory of God, the only way you're going to get to heaven now is by grace. Ah, and that grace is only found in Jesus. It's only found in Jesus Christ. You can never do enough commandment keeping in your life 
to make up for one single sin. Here's the quote of the day. There you go. Okay, <laughs> quite Lyle. Uh, the, the, the Lyleism of the day. And, uh, you know, the, the simple reality is it tells us something about the nature of sin and how pernicious insidious. and insidious it is that just one sin, it's a little bit like, it's a little bit like the virus. You only need to have one virus go inside your body. That's it. You're infected. You're infected, and it will start replicating. It will take over your whole body, and sin is exactly the same thing. And Delta's very good at it. Yes, (laughs) yes. The great thing is that you can be injected with a vaccine. It's called the blood of Jesus Christ that cleanses you from the virus of sin. 100% effective. Yes. None of this this 85% or anything like that. This one's 100% effective. It works every time. It has never failed. It never will fail. And that's what Jesus promises to us. It's his his blood, his grace. He covers us. He forgives us of our sin. He gives us victory. He gives us the power to fight temptations. We've just been reading about Joseph, who certainly had some serious temptations there. And we think, wow, Joseph must have been a really strong person. No, Joseph was a really committed person. Well, it says that he he, he can himself to Christ, and no matter what, I'm going to right. follow Christ no matter what happens. And it's because of that that the Holy Spirit was able to give him the victory because he allowed the Holy Spirit to give him the victory over those temptations. Victory over temptation is not something that we do. Victory over temptation is something that God does, does through us. Christ in us. Yes. That's the glory. Absolutely. Okay, so you can never keep the commandments well enough to make up for just breaking them once, and the reality is that you've broken them many times, and so all of us will be saved only by the grace of God. Thanks for being a part of the Faith FM family. Join our community on Facebook or get in touch at 1-800-FAITH-FM.